time, any place, anywhere. How many of you have a cat? I don't know if this is true or not. We used to have a cat, but they say a cat will sleep about 20 hours a day. Horses sleep standing up. Bears sleep for months at a time. I mean, most of the animal kingdom has their sleeping act all together with one exception, sheep. In his book, A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm, Philip Keller says that in order for a sheep to have a pleasant night's sleep, at least four different things have to happen. Number one, they have to be free from the fear of attack. Two, they need to be free from friction and tension within the flock. Three, they need to be free from aggravation, like all those flies and those gnats that pick at them. And fourth, they have to feel full. If all of those things are not there for the sheep, they will stay awake all night long. They will fight sleep. They will wonder. They will graze no matter how tired. And when sheep don't sleep, they lose weight. Their coat gets all thin and coarse and matted, and their health deteriorates. That's how sheep are when it comes to sleep. Now, do you know any other mammal that has the same problems? That's right, it's human beings. In order for us to sleep, everything has to be just right, just like that little lamp. In fact, that's probably why we count them at night. They're up, we're up, we might as well put them to good use. But just like a sheep, we are not really natural-born sleepers. Sleep does not come easy for many of us, and a lot of us actually use some stuff that maybe we should and some stuff maybe we shouldn't use to help us sleep. But, you know, God promises sleep to his people. In fact, there's a wonderful promise in Proverbs chapter 3. He says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. You ever wonder where that little thing comes? People say to you, sweet dreams? Probably comes from that proverb. You know, one of the reasons that sheep don't sleep very well is because by nature they tend to be rather jittery. They're kind of panicky. They really don't know how to defend themselves. In fact, when was the last time you ever saw a sign that said, this house protected by attack sheep? Uh, probably never. They're always ready to run for their lives, and even at the sound of a dog barking, it can set sheep off into panic, and they'll run in every which direction. And when sheep sense trouble is near, they will actually just keep their eyes open all the time. In addition, sheep do not defend themselves very well, but they do have a, a habit of picking on each other. Keller says that some sheep, by nature, challenge other sheep to fight. Although I have a hard time picturing a sheep fight, but they bully the smaller sheep. And if these bullies are not put into their place, they can keep an entire flock in a constant state of unrest. No one can sleep. Now, again, I would say, who does that also sound like? It sounds like human beings. Philip Keller makes this observation later in his book. He said, in the course of time as a shepherd, I came to realize that nothing so quieted and reassured the sheep as to see me in the field. See, the presence of a shepherd puts the sheep at peace. They don't panic so easily. They don't fight as much, and they're able to lay down in peaceful rest. And I think you'd probably agree with me. It happens the same way with us. Nothing reduces stress 
quite like being in the presence of the good shepherd, being in the presence of Jesus. When Jesus, you kind of bask in, in, the, in, the, in the glow of Jesus, you can rest easier, you relax, you have peace. Now, sheep need to know that everything is all right in order to sleep well, and you and I do as well. But many of you can't sleep at night because you're worried. I like the definition I've heard of worry lately. It's uh, worry is momentary atheism. How do you like that? Worry is momentary atheism. For just a split second, we do not believe in God at all and his ability to bring peace to our lives. But friends, the good news is that we can know that everything is all right. We have a shepherd that not only looks out for us, but he takes care of us and he protects us. And that's why in this little series that we're calling Sheepish, we want to look at Psalm 23, verse 2. And in Psalm 23, verse 2, it says, He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, you all know verse 1 because you had to memorize that for this week. Now, but what does verse 2 mean? What is David talking about when he says, He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Well, what David is talking about here is living a life of satisfied peace in the presence of the great shepherd. See, the image he paints, and I don't know what image you get, first of all, when you hear the 23rd Psalm. I can just picture this cute little sheep out in the meadow someplace like that, a shepherd with a staff. You know, you got kind of that picture. But the picture he's painting here in verse 2 would be kind of a, a lazy summer afternoon in which the sheep rest comfortably on a full stomach. Uh, shepherds uh, usually graze their flocks on the rougher pastures at the start of the day, and as the morning continues, they lead them to the greener pastures where they can drink from a, a nearby quiet stream. You got that picture? And then they finally kind of lay down in the afternoon and they nap comfortably in the cool shade, knowing that when they wake up, all will be right with the world. Everything will be fine. Now, the same experience is available for you and me. God is ready, willing, and able to help you lie down in green pastures and to lead you beside what we would call the still waters. That is, if you are willing to accept his offer to live this satisfied, peaceful life. Now, how do you get there? Well, I want to suggest three habits that I think we ought to get used to in our lives. This will kind of help you uh, pound this verse into your brain. I'm going to give you a little homework again at the end of, of, of this message. But here's the first habit we need to get into, and it's this. Surrender yourself to the lordship and the leadership of Jesus. Now, I hope you, you remember this, and don't forget this. Surrendering is not a one-time deal. Surrendering is a daily event. Every day you wake up, it's like saying, Lord, I surrender to your lordship and to your leadership. Now, Philip Keller, back in that book again, talks about sheep's inability to lead themselves. He talks about how he bought a sheep farm that was terribly mismanaged. The fields were overgrazed. They could no longer grow grass. All the slopes uh, faced rampant erosion. The sheep trails had been overused to the point where they were really more gullies than paths. And all the shepherd had done before with his sheep was just kind of put a fence around them and let them out there to graze and to drink and rest on their own. 
Well, if you know anything about sheep, that just does not work well for sheep to leave them on their own and expect them to take care of themselves. They're just plain, simple, too stupid. Remember last week? Who are we? We are sheep. We, too, cannot be trusted to take care of ourselves, to find the green pastures and the still waters. We're just plain, simple, too dumb. Or if you like a better word, we're just plain, simple, too sinful. See, sheep do not know how to graze selectively in one place and then move on so that the pasture can replenish itself. Sheep tend to just have their head down. They eat in one spot. They eat that grass all the way down to the root. And when there's nothing left there but dirt, then they move on to the next spot. Keller also talked about trying to lead his sheep to the still waters, a nice cool stream for water, but it says most of the sheep insist stopping at every mud hole all along the way. The water is dirty, the water is unsafe, but the sheep just can't tell the difference. Sheep cannot lead themselves, and the truth is neither can we. We will stay in the same place no matter how long. We don't care how beat up or what. We just, we're not smart enough sometimes to move on. My grandpa always used to say, it's an awful dumb horse that doesn't learn from a beaten. Uh, when I got to be about 15 or 16, I realized I was that dumb horse. It, you know, sometimes it, we, we learn a little bit late. We too have this idea of stopping at every mud hole along the way rather than going for where the clear, fresh water is. I mean, left to our own devices, what do we do? We eat too much, we fight too much, we sabotage, sabotage most of our relationships, we run roughshod over the needs of other people, we make a mess of things, and we create just a gigantic pile of unhappiness for ourselves and everybody else around us. See, living this peaceful, satisfied life, it means that you need to acknowledge that, first of all, God knows more than you know, that God is a better planner than you are, and that God can run your life better than you can run your life. Now, he doesn't promise an easy life, but God always promises peace. Now, I hope you understand this, friends. If you are not experiencing God's peace on a daily basis, if you're not consistently experiencing moments of contentment and satisfaction, you're missing out on what he has for you. But don't get me wrong, we all face challenges. In fact, David's going to talk about that, what, through the valley of the shadow of death. We're going to get that in a couple of weeks. But God is not leading you on some, if God is not leading you on some occasions into moments of peace and satisfaction, then he is not leading you at all. So if peace is escaping you, you've got to begin here. Surrender yourself daily to the lordship and the leadership of Christ. Now here's the second habit. Identify your green pastures and your still waters. Oh, my sheep fell over here. What really gets you excited in life? Are there things that you almost can't wait to do that they really refresh you and they really renew you, body, soul, mind, and spirit? I mean, these are the good things. I mean, for example, this last week when it got to be a certain temperature, I just threw my uh, kind of a little chair and my hat in the back of my car, and I headed over to George Dobson Park, and I sat out there and I watched Texarkana College play baseball. And I was refreshed, 
in body, mind, soul, and spirit. I pick on Jason. We had lunch last week. That was a, a momentary little green pastures, still waters kind of a deal. I look forward to that good time to be together with a friend. Sometimes it's just sitting down and reading a good book. Sometimes it's listening to good music. Sometimes it's taking a walk. Uh, some of you enjoy going out in your garden and doing all of those gardeny kinds of things. There are things that you enjoy doing. They strengthen you. They refresh you. They satisfy you. Now, I want to tell you, it's to those kind of green pastures that God wants to lead you. I mean, every day you ought to be able to kind of step back and look at your life and say, you know, today was a long day. It seems like I got, kind of got hit with one problem after another. But you know something? In the midst of this hectic day, God put me in so many green pastures, blessed me with so many still water moments. I mean, I got to spend some time with friends. I got to listen to some good music. I, I got to eat great barbecue. I had a great time with my family. I had a wonderful birthday. I mean, in spite of everything else, God led me to quiet streams and green pastures. Now, I mentioned time with family and friends, but do you know where the greenest pastures are? Do you know where the stillest waters are? They're in the shepherd's presence. Spending time with the good shepherd. Just sitting there praying, sitting there reading his word, sitting there listening to worship and praise music, sitting there and just silently meditating on how good God is in your life. Now, if you're not doing those things on a regular basis, you're missing out on a lot of peace. So you need to give some thought to your green pastures and your still waters and what those things represent. Now, certainly the best ones are the bunch, all those spiritual habits that you and I need to learn to develop. I mean, a spiritual habit of prayer, to constantly start talking to God. You know, maybe the very first thing you say in the morning is, as you wake up, rather than say, oh, God, it's morning, you can actually say, oh, God, it's morning. This is the day you have made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. Do you think that would change your day? I kind of think it might. You start your day off with prayer. You start your day off with a little bit of Bible study. You start your day off listening to a little worship music. I mean, I mean, what are the others of your life that God can use to renew and refresh your body, mind, soul, and spirit? I think every day you need to kind of make it a habit of seeing both the earthly and the heavenly or the spiritual things that God wants to refresh you with. Here's the third thing. Let God lead you there every day. See, if God is leading you, and I'm going to put it that way, if God is leading you, he is always leading you to green pastures. If God is really leading you, he is going to be leading you to the still waters. That's not to say that you're not going to pass through the valley of the shadow of death on the way to the green pastures or to the still waters, but you can count on him to lead you to those moments of peace and tranquility. I mean, every day God desires you to, to guide you into a place of rest. The sad thing is a lot of these places of rest, a lot of these green pastures, still waters, we kind of like to put on the back burner for some reason. We say things like, you know, I really miss time with my family, but I'll, I'll get to it later. Or I love spending time in God's word, but I don't have time right now. I'll get to it later. Or I really need to sit down and rest for a while, but I'll, I'll get to it later. 
and then we just kind of work ourselves into a frenzy, and then we sit there and we say, where's God when I need him most? I mean, doesn't God realize how difficult my life is? Doesn't he realize how many problems I have? Doesn't he realize how much I need him? And God's answer is, yes, I know that. I know that. That's why I said, did you catch those words Matt read to you before from Matthew? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You don't need to raise your hands, but are there some of you kind of folks like that today who have labored and are heavy laden, cumbered with that load of care? What does Jesus say? Come, I want to give you that kind of rest. See, no matter what else is going on in your life, he wants to lead you to pastures green. He wants to lead you to quiet streams, but you need to follow him. You know where the pastures are. You know where he's leading you. You only need to be willing to go with him every single day. Now, I promised you some homework. Gave you some homework last week. I'm going to just check up a little bit of homework. Anybody want to recite uh, Psalm 23, verse 1? You're supposed to memorize it for this week. Anybody want to do that? If you do it, you're going to have to stand up and do it. And you, you get a chance to volunteer before I pick on you. There you go. There you go. Tommy got it. The rest of you got it too. Let's say that one all together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, here's your homework for this week. And I want you to... Kind of in addition to the stuff I gave you last week. Last week I told you to memorize verse 1 and then thank God every day for three material blessings and bring your spiritual blessings and needs. And the purpose is to kind of make that go a little bit deeper. Now here we want to memorize verse 2. You see it up there. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, of course, you're going to attach that to verses, verse 1. And so next week one of you is going to pop up, or I'll call on you, and you're going to say what? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And you know, in six weeks, I'm really looking forward to you all battling over who gets to stand up and recite all of Psalm 23. I think it'll be great. Here's the second thing. Identify or make a list of the green pastures and the still waters in your life. Those good things that God uses to refresh and renew you. I mentioned some of them before. Hanging out with friends. You know, just enjoying the beauty of, uh, of this country. Reading a good book. All that kind of stuff. There are a lot of other things, too. Don't forget the spiritual ones. Prayer and worship and Bible study. But to, to be able to kind of say, Lord, these are the places where I know that you want to lead me. And so I'm going to keep my eyes open everywhere I go so I can spot these. The third thing is to visit a green pasture every day. Now often, if you actually slow down enough, as you prepare for the day's activities, he'll speak to you. Now I want to stop there because I know that a lot of people kind of, when the alarm goes off, boom, they're out of bed like they're spring-loaded, and they're boom into the shower, out, gone, and they get to work as fast as they can, and they're just kind of pedal to the metal for the rest of the day, and at the end of the day, they're just so 
weary, they, you know, they almost leave skid marks on the sheet when they dive into bed. They're out cold. They've not had a green pasture. They've not had any still water. And that's why I say as you prepare for the day, maybe you need to take a little bit of quiet time and just let the Lord speak to you. And maybe the Lord will say something to you in that quiet moment of the morning about maybe what a green pasture or still water could be that day. I have a feeling if you just lay in bed for a few moments and think about it and say something like, Lord, I just surrender to your lordship and leadership this day, and I'm going to keep my eyes open for green pastures and still waters. As you lay there, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if God wouldn't bring something to mind. Then the problem is, where are you going to fit it in to all of that stuff that you consider to be so very important? I think you'll find it. Number four, at the close of each day, each night before you go to sleep, review verses one and two. Lord is my shepherd, I shall walk in. You, you know verses one and two now. And remember those green pastures. Remember the still waters. I mean, some people call it counting your blessings. I mean, spend a few moments thanking him for the day, thanking him for the, his presence in your life, and then kind of allow yourself to sleep knowing that you are in his care and that he is watching over you. Number four, I think a lot of you need to do, because a lot of you, rather than do that, you know what you're doing, don't you? You're reviewing all the crummy stuff that happened that day and worried that it's going to happen again tomorrow. And then in the morning you get up and you're going, I'm so tired. Why? Didn't sleep at all last night. Why not? Oh, I'm so worried about everything I got to do. This is not scriptural, but cut it out. <laughs> That's what God say. You know, count your blessings. Go have those sweet dreams of those green pastures and those quiet waters. Those moments that God so desperately wants to give you. That gift of sleep as well. In Psalm 4, verse 8, David said, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Any of you grow up learning to pray before you went to sleep? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I don't know. I grew up praying that prayer. I still use that prayer from time to time. It's a great way to have sweet dreams. I mean, we aren't, by nature, peaceful creatures. We are porn, uh, prone to stress and anxiety and tension and friction and obsessing over every little problem. But those people who really do know the Good Shepherd experience life differently. It's not that we don't face trials. It's not that we don't face tribulation. It's not that even, even in their midst, but it's in, their, in, their, in your midst that you can call on God's presence because each day he'll lead you. He leads you to those quiet places of rest and renewal where you can eat till you are satisfied and sleep securely knowing that your shepherd's always near and that you're always safe in his care. May God grant that for his son's sake. Amen.